to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi everybody, we are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so glad to hear it. Anything new going on with you? No, you know, I've made... Getting more sleep each night, a like huge priority, and I'm just feeling better. That's good. I don't know if I've talked about on the show. I had some mineral imbalances, and I'm working to get those back in balance, and I feel 1,000 times better. That's good. Yep. Like, I think that's helping my sleep. Mm-hmm. I just feel better. I have more energy. I'm not so sluggish, and it's good to feel good. Yeah. Well, I've got a little cold today. So I'm not feeling my best. (laughs) Well, I bet you'll kick it in a day or so. You don't stay sick long. I don't. Yesterday, I started feeling a little icky. And I was like, oh, it just must be allergies. And then I was like suddenly napping. And allergies doesn't make me nap. So it was a little something else. So just my sinuses hurt in a different kind of way. And that's a bummer. Anyway, my body's fighting a little something. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's just all pollen. We wash the car and then go out, and the car's covered in pollen again. Oh, yeah. That I've time been out of cleaning, year. Definitely. In Alabama, yellow. it's time of year for, yes, pollen and flying trampolines. Oh. <laughs> Bad weather. The weather's crazy. Yeah. It's thundering right now out here, so yep. <laughs> people might hear it. And we're recording this. It's Master's Week, so that's never never good oh. here in Augusta. They have to, you know, close that's the right. course down, so and it, there's the more thunder on if anybody can hear it, but... Like, do they delay the Masters if they don't get to play because of rain? Is there rain delays? Well, right. See, right now, today is not the real tournament yet. Today is the par three. So they've been having the practice rounds and the par threes. The real tournament starts tomorrow. Okay. And how long does it last? Till Sunday. I mean, you know, depending on the weather. They do sometimes have to delay. I mean, they, you know, they'll be playing different ways if they have to. Well, I just wondered because I know that you said people rent out their houses Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And I'm like, if there's a delay, can people just not come back to their house? I don't know. Sometimes they do have Monday (laughs) golf. (laughs) They do everything in their power not to have to do that. But (laughs) most people come back home on Monday. And now it's time for our weekly good news segment. Today's contribution is from Beth. She wrote, I meant to write to you about this a while ago, but here goes. My first shout out goes to you two because I believe you both have Fiesta Wear and sing its praises. I do not yet. That is my 50th birthday dream. She wrote, I turned 60 this year and I decided I would give myself new dishes for my birthday. I told my husband because I wanted him to be okay with it, but I was pretty determined to get it no matter what he thought. He picked up on my determination and he went along with it. 
The second shout out goes to three clerks at Macy's in Capitola, California, who all helped me one Sunday afternoon when the Fiesta Wear was on sale. And then they tipped me off that I could open a credit card account and get even more of a discount. We were replacing everything. So we dove in hard given the incredible prices. It took a while to get the order all figured out. They had some things in stock and some things had to be ordered. The woman who was helping me had to take her lunch break in the middle of it. And then the gal who took over was new, so she needed help. But all three were great and didn't make me feel like I was being a pain and politely told other customers that this would take a while and they should go to another register. I called Macy's the next day and told them the three, whose names I had at the time, deserved some special recognition. Fast forward a couple of months of having the new dishes. My husband seems happier with them than I am, and he loves it. It makes us feel happy and cheery to have these colorful dishes in our cabinet and on our table. And, you know, I don't know if I said it on the air or just to you that I was like, down. I know I talked about that I was going to downsize. We did talked I say about on the, it last week. Yes. I know. But did I say on the air you I did. was getting rid of my fiesta? Oh, I think you did. Well, I'm not. <laughs> That's a lie. I actually just got more fiesta. I'm not taking all the dishes that I own. And so my kitchen is going to be beachy. And I have red, yellow, blue, and green Fiesta right now. And I'm like, well, the red and the yellow and the green, they're not as beachy. I want to be a little more soothing colors. So this isn't going to really work. So I'll take these dishes and not those. Then I started really thinking about it. I love my Fiesta wear. Mm -hmm. So I got three new colors. The turquoise, lapis is the name of it. It's like a really pretty blue to go with the cobalt I already have and white. So my main kitchen is going to have cobalt, lapis, turquoise, and white. Fiesta wear, and I'm going to put the red, the yellow, and the green downstairs. There's like a little downstairs kitchenette, and right. Will can use that down there. So I'm so excited. That will be perfect. Because we love all the pieces. Fiesta wear is just the best, and it like lasts forever. So that Fiesta wear is what's making the cut. I love the turquoise color. It's so pretty. And then they have these little seahorse plates, and I showed them to you. And Those are cute. So cute. And they have all the – and I'd already ordered all the other colors. Then I found the seahorse plates, and I'm like, it's all the colors I just ordered anyway. I get you, Beth, and your husband's excitement about the colors because there's just something exciting about those colors. So I shop all the time, and I put collections in my cart, and I look at them, and I arrange the colors. And <laughs> I'm really drawn to the turquoise and the yellow, but I think it's because I'm drawn to sun and water. Well, there you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll play with it, and, uh, and then I'll be like, okay, that was fun. And then I empty my cart, and then that's, – so that's what I do for fun. <laughs> I window shop for Fiesta wear. Well, I just w jumped right in. and But I love all the little, like the, these little dishes. They're like the little fruit dishes and the rimmed soup bowls. And so you just need them. Like I have go-to Fiesta pieces for different meals or whatever. So right. I was like, I'm just going to get new dishes. Then I started looking and I'm like, want, want, no. <laughs> it's Fiesta or nothing. Sorry, everybody. It's just Fiesta. But they have, ooh, I don't know if you can hear that thunder. Did I you hear that? that? thunder. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love to hear that Beth was inspired to replace all of her dishes, and now it's just going to be sunny in her kitchen. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. And before we get to the life lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to tell you about a company that helps make it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And I'm going to talk about Beauty Counter. 
If you listened along with our cleanish book study that we did a while back, you know how important it is for me to know what I'm using around my house and on my body. And Beauty Counter makes it effortless for me to be sure that my makeup and skincare products are safe. I don't even have to think about it. It's like I really don't want to think about it. I just want to, to buy it. I'm the same. So, yeah. The thing about Beauty Counter is that safety begins with the Never List, which consists of over 1,800 questionable ingredients they would never use in their products. One thing about ordering makeup online is you might think that it's weird to order it without trying it first, but they have all sorts of guides. Like I use the shade finder. finder. Yeah. And I got just the exact right shade for me. And so the beauty of Beauty Counter is that they have a very generous exchange policy. So you never have to worry that something isn't going to work for you. You can just trade it back in and get get something different. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Jen Stevens and discover all of your new favorites. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk about how to find success in all areas of your life using strategies developed by Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. She is the founder of the Best Ever You Network and a podcast called The Best Ever You Show. She's also the co-founder of Compliance 4, and through these companies, she has helped individuals and organizations around the world be their best and achieve world-class excellence with gratitude-based behavior and belief systems. She is a personal and corporate development consultant, and she specializes in mindset, strategy, leadership, and taking action. And today she joins us to discuss her new book, The Change Guidebook. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me here with you. We talked a little bit briefly before we started recording that you had a book come out yesterday, and I'm assuming that is The Change Guidebook? It is. <laughs> How's that going? It's going really well. I'm so proud of all the everybody rallying around it and leaving reviews and holding it up and taking pictures already, and everybody got their copies at pre-ordered. It's great. It is so much fun to see people holding it in their hands, yeah. isn't it, from one yeah. author to another? It is. It's just, a, it's one of those joys. It's, it's hard to write a book and it's, oh, yeah. um, it's even harder to find the readers for it. Right. So I'm very grateful for podcasts like yours to have me on and talk about the book and let's find some readers. I love the name <laughs> of it, the Change Guidebook. Tell yeah. us just a little bit about the name. So I had lots of names picked out, but change is my wheelhouse. And I thought I didn't see any guidebooks out there on change, really. And it just, it's something I kind of Googled and noodled over and, you know, and, and thought about. It just sort of stuck. And I kept kind of writing it down and writing it down. And I'm big into thinking with my heart. I'm big into telling the truth and being authentic. And I always believe that you go where you place your energy. So it just sort of all all happened. I, I don't know. It was just sort of one of those things you write down. You know what I mean. It feels like some almost somebody else is writing for you. Yes. When you're in the flow yeah. and the book is just coming out of you and you look back and you're like, how did I write that? Yeah. Is, was it that kind of an experience? It is that kind of experience. Yeah. I'm a human being who's nearly lost my life a couple times to food allergic reactions. And so the cover is real meaningful to me because it, it just represents a, a lot of what it's like to nearly lose your life. It's sort of like the, the lights that you see and so forth. So the cover's real important to me. Wow. My son has multiple food allergies and peanut allergies. So, yeah, I know what that's like to kind of navigate through life. And then just kind of that sort of, I wouldn't say it's a fear, but there's always kind of that shadow in the background that goes with you, huh? 
Oh, Mama. Yeah, um, I'm so grateful that I have the allergies and not my four kids. I very much put myself in the, the shoes of moms with kids who have food allergies. And I think, okay, I'm not going to let you out of my sight. I wouldn't let you out of my sight. It's got to be so stressful. And so that's why I wrote one of my other books, A Lesson for Every uh, Child Learning About Food Allergies. Oh, uh, that's important. Yeah. yeah. There's so many of them these days. Yeah. So. If you would, would you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background? Oh, gosh. Okay, so let's just sit back. That No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm, I'm 52 years old. Me too. Yep, I'm a mom of four boys. They're not really boys anymore. They're adults. They're 20, 22, 24, and 26. I live in Maine. I was born in Minneapolis, raised in Iowa, and I've always wanted to be a writer since kindergarten. Just absolutely always wanted to be a writer. That's awesome. And I, I have a 22-year-old and a 24-year-old, both boys. So we're... I have a 22-year-old boy as well. As Well, well as this a... is the 22-year-old boy yeah. club today. Oh, yeah. my gosh. We have six boys. <laughs> we should do a podcast about that, huh? Parenting six well, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got four boys, right? Yes. And yeah. I've got two, and she's oh, got two. one. Seven. We've got oh, seven. seven boys. One bonus No, son. I'm sorry. That's why I'm a writer and not Not a mathematician. To <laughs> <laughs> the moon. <laughs> you wouldn't land there. Well, so you just always wanted to be a writer, but how did you know what you wanted to write about? Oh, you know, that part was tricky. I've tried just about every kind of writing that there is. But the whole writer thing came back to me when the little one went to first grade. Uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to step foot back into work. I'm going to get all suited up and go out the door and go to work. That ended up not being as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and uh, I closed my office door one day and wrote, the business plan to the best ever you network and then thought okay i've got something here there's got to be something better than this let's help people be their best all that good stuff and i clo- opened my door back up and quit and went home <laughs> yeah i did and then a couple years after running the company i thought you know this needs a book the brand needs a book and we need to talk about how people can change their lives because it happens in an instant you make those decisions split second sort of you know it just I just think people need to learn to navigate change and not be so scared of it and so forth. Because it's very scary to make changes like that. The I quit moment. (laughs) We're going through some changes right now at our house. And one member of the family is really not feeling it. Not this one. (laughs) Is it you? No, No. really? (laughs) I'm great with change. Jenny and I embrace change. Copy of this book. You embrace change. Yes, yes. But some people that I know do not. So that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's super funny. Change is really tricky. And Mm -hmm. your perspective on it carries you through whatever changes you're going to make. So if you think change is scary, it's going to be scary. If you think change is fun, there's elements of it that might be a little bit more fun. I think it's exciting. I, I see new possibilities, right? Right. I do. But, you know, it's a challenge. It is a challenge if you choose it. You know, like if it's a change, you really deliberately choose and you want to go on this quest for something new and all that stuff. However, the book is also written for those who have are navigating unforeseen circumstances. Okay. Things that happen that you were not hoping for, those types of changes. Clubs you don't want to join. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That not just stuff. like it's not just all about going out and making change in your life. It's like, ooh, change is happening. And it could be illness or a death in the family or it could be 
something like loss of a job, those types of changes. Yeah, it's so, so change is sort of multifaceted and it can be changes you make, changes where you want to impact another human being and change their life for the positive or again, those unforeseen circumstances. One of the reasons why I write about change is because my dad was a stroke survivor. And I wrote about this in my first book, Percolate, Let Your Best Self Filter Through, which is a Hay House book. He had a stroke right in the living room in 2004 and survived oh, wow. that stroke in incredible, they called him the ICU warrior. He was in, it just an incredible survivor all the way to 2018. So like you said, sometimes we don't embrace, we didn't invite change. Right. 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 We don't want change. But I feel like your mindset is going to make or break your ability to adapt to change. Would you agree? I agree completely. In fact, I was just on Good Morning New Hampshire talking about this. There's a family that's been displaced in Ukraine and they're in New Hampshire. And that's like the worst thing you could ever think of happening, you know? But somehow I feel like they're going to readjust and reframe it and root their lives in gratitude for being alive. So it's stuff like that where you go back and if something happens, you reframe and you adjust and you reframe and you adjust. And that's a tool in and of itself. Because I think about my dad, he was on a ventilator. He had so much stuff happen to him through that stroke. And the doctor said, you know, no one survives stuff like this. And there was my dad at one point, like trying to smile while being on a ventilator. I mean, talk about like, reframing and it wasn't drugs on board or anything like that he was legitimately like i'm here i'm, I'm alive i'm here i'm alive yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and a lot yeah. of it comes down to resilience and just what you make of it and with a bad situation yeah like the trite saying we've heard a million times if life gives you lemons make lemonade i don't know but you have to think okay what's good what can i do with this situation that's really important and i think that's one of the reasons why i brought 20 people into the book with me Mm-hmm. So there's 20 stories about how people have navigated change in this book. And I th- their stories are so powerful. And we're already getting feedback like, oh, that's my favorite story. Or I'm so glad somebody said that. Or they're all over the map from my own son is in the book. So the, the stories go from age 20 to 84 in age of people, all different areas of the world, all sorts of stuff. And I just think that's so powerful. And talk about resilience. If you read some of those stories, you're just in awe of that word. Stories really are powerful. I have I have a podcast called Intermittent Fasting Stories, and that's what it is every week. It's just someone telling a story. And readers and listeners really connect with stories because you can see an element of yourself in, in the story or an element of someone you know, someone you love, and you just get so much out of hearing it from that person. So the stories that you have in your book, the Change Guidebook, really just span a lot of different types of changes. They do. In fact, Sherry, one of them is Eleanor Garrow Holding from Fact. And she talks about her son Thomas and his some of his first allergic reactions. There's all sorts of change in there. And I think it appeals widely. And again, I'll go back to your word that you started this off with, because you said resilience. And I went, oh, yes, all these people uh-huh. contributed and show us how uh, resilience plays such a pivoting role in change. Well, and when Jen said the word resilient, I think resilient people, when change happens, they roll with it, right? And I think of change as like, you know, you've got a stream of water and it's never constant and you can float with it, right? 
you could float downstream with the water and not fight it and adapt to your new surroundings that the water takes you to. Or you could resist it and try to stand in that one place and not move with the water. And that's like so hard. That is a struggle. And so like when you resist change, you're choosing struggle. Or even like in a riptide, you know, if you're at the beach and you hear about the riptide, you know, if you get caught in a riptide, which is a sudden change in the current that's pulling you out, you can either fight it. And that's how people drown. You know, like really strong men, a friend of mine, her 25-year-old brother drowned in a rip current. Strong man. But you you just have to flow with it and let it take you down and then you can you know, get out of it. But it's the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, depending on the type of change, because there are some types of change where you're going to want to resist them. And that's natural. And that might be your body telling you, okay, I'm resisting this or that. But in general, yeah, I totally agree with you in terms of the flow. Like, you know how you're saying, like the book writes itself or something like that. There's a flow to something when it feels right. And I think what that is sometimes too, is putting a little bit of the work in to align your heart, align your truths and align your energy so that things are in alignment. Because I really do think when things are in alignment, that flow that you're talking about creates a situation where like anything is possible. Yeah. And that actually, that was one of the first things I read in your book was the sentence says, true change happens when you align your heart, your truths and your energy. Mm -hmm. So just tell us a little bit about that. How does that apply to the book? So the book is divided into three sections, heart, truths and energy. And then With that also, there are 10 points of change. So there's certain points in each of those chapters that pertain to heart, truths, and energy. And the book itself is a masterclass in change. So you can get a masterclass certification in change management with the book. And it's structured so that it's narrative from me, two exercises, and then two stories in each chapter. And again, the whole book is about heart, truths, and energy, and that alignment process through those 10 points of change. Yeah, Jen is a big fan of a workbook style book. That's the way she writes her books. (laughs) And uh, I was a school teacher for 28 years. And so I want people to be able to to do something, not just reading it, but then you're having to take back and, you know, reflect, take action, do something. You don't change by reading, you change by doing. I agree. And that is why there are exercises, so many of them (laughs) in the book, (laughs) but they aren't scary exercises. They compound on one another. And to get a certification in change management, there's not like some multiple guests that's, you know, a thousand questions or anything like that. It's pretty open book and answer how you want to answer kind of open-ended questions in a way to get your certification. It's kind of just putting the work in and through the questions, you can tell whether somebody did the work or not. But uh, yeah, I don't have that school teacher in me. I kind of like a wannabe school teacher, I think. But I do lo- I do agree with you. I think that's the way a lot of people learn. Adult learners. You might not have been officially in the classroom, <laughs> but you sound like you've got it. So when someone works through this book, goes through the entire, all three of the focus areas, the 10 points of change, they start you know at the beginning, align your heart. The first thing they do is assess. 
figuring out where they are? Is that what that's about? Yeah. So the book starts with assess and there's a really good download that goes with this chapter as well. Also, I forgot to mention all of the exercises are on my website so you can download them. Like if you're one of those people who doesn't like to write in a book, I have copies of all of the exercises right on the website. Yeah. I I started writing in my own book and I'm like, this is weird. I need to to not do this in my own book. I could kind of feel that people were going to be like that too. If I'm like that, I figured somebody else might be, but yeah, the, so there's an assessment at besteveryou.com forward slash change guidebook. And it's the, one of the assessments, just kind of a copy of it in the book with a little bit more. It's a pretty good download. I believe that that's exactly where you need to start is kind of taking an authentic look inward in multiple areas of your life, see where you're at. And it's just important right there to use your heart sort of as your data processor and take the information and do it right here. I love what I love it when people put their hands on their heart and really think with their heart because it just changes when you go from your head to your heart. Because we overthink a lot. We do. We tend to do that. I know I do. <laughs> that just reminded me I was watching a TV show the other day. This girl kind of grabbed her gut. She was like, I can't. She said something like, I can't use my head. I have to use my gut because my gut instincts don't steer me wrong. My head steers me wrong because I overthink every scenario. And it's really true. If you can really go to your center, the answer is there. Yeah. Again, gut, heart. I like heart a little bit better than gut. Gut seems sometimes people like are you hear I'm gut wrenching over this. It's like okay. a gut wrenching okay, decision yeah. and so forth. So I like to be bring people right here to like a, a positive heartfelt way of thinking. And I think sometimes people are really hesitant to go here because they feel like their heart has failed them before. Very often people are like, oh, I don't know if I should trust my heart in a relationship or a job or whatever. They feel like they've been beaten down a little bit sometimes when they use their heart. So I really help people reconnect with their heart and reconnect with their authenticity and reconnect with their energy through the Best Ever You Network. That's exactly where we go, kind of like a, a plug the charger back into your heart, your truths, and your energy, and move forward. I think the book really meets people where they are. And I think that's super important for a book. And I'm certainly not going to tell you what to do, but I can definitely help guide you forward or guide you through. We have such the same philosophy. I just My book that just came out in January is called Cleanish, and it's the same thing. I don't tell anybody what to do. I give them the information, point them different ways, then they craft their own definition of what it means to live that way. Lovely. Because it's it's empowering people. You're teaching people how to how to change, but through their own processes and taking stock of their lives, right? Yes, definitely. It's not up to me to tell people what to do. Unless you want to ask me and ask me for the advice and say, "What, Elizabeth, what do you think I should do? Then I may or may not answer you still. <laughs> because cause sometimes that's friendship killing and or whatever. I think that it's really up to us to guide, especially as authors and friends and so forth, you know, to guide people, give them the tools. This is a good tool for your best life toolbox, for sure. Uh, I don't know of anybody who doesn't need help learning how to navigate change. I feel like so often sometimes people become, while you guys were talking, I just thought of puppets on strings, right? You do what is expected of you, you do what you're told, and you just dance for the Mm -hmm. person who's controlling the strings, right? And then people start to sort of 
become dependent on that. That's where they lose trust in themselves. And Jen and I see that a lot. We work with an intermittent fasting community and people come in and they don't trust their bodies. They don't trust their choices. And they want us to tell them exactly what to do. Tell me exactly what to do. We're like, we're not going to tell you exactly what to do. We're going to guide you, but then you have to decide what works for you and tailor it to your life and and your day to day. And I think in the beginning, some people get really frustrated because they want to be told what to do. But I love the idea of turning that back over to people and making them responsible for curating a life that they design. Often when you meet people in that moment or they're in that moment where tell me what to do, tell me what to do. It's a moment, I think, where you need to help that person reclaim their power, step into their own light, their own power, their own energy, their own truth, authenticity, because often that person is like disconnected from themselves in reality. Kind of like what you guys said, but this is a twist on it. You know how you were saying like people are going down and they're following the current and they're just kind of going with the flow and so forth. That can be not such a good thing. Like if you're Doing that in a in such a way that you're not paying attention to your time and your energy and life's just kind of like carrying you along. I know that wasn't exactly what you were saying earlier, but using the same kind that of analogy. That is a twist on it. Yeah, oh, that, that is a, a total yeah, twist absolutely. on it. Yep. If you are just kind of going with the flow, doing what people expect of you, you don't have any, you know, the, and that's kind of where you sort of wake up a little bit and awaken. And my goal, too, is to hope that when you're at that moment where you become a little bit more aware and you really are a little bit more in control of you, that it's not a health crisis that causes it. We meet a lot of people at the Best Ever You Network who are like, help me from backtracking from this major health crisis I'm in. Right. And the moments I'd like to meet people in are before that happens so they have the tools in their toolbox to navigate. I do believe that having a good sense of self and good compassion for yourself, even goals for yourself can really ward off health consequences down the road. So if you can get in the now to where you love yourself and you can achieve what you're setting out to achieve now, then you can save yourself like pain later. I like, I just truly believe that our mental and spiritual and emotional health is really so tied to our physical health. Well put. It sure is. I completely agree with you. And so, it, I, you know, I just think it's super important to, you know, remember to kind of maybe take that assessment every year on your birthday or something like that. This is the assessment I put in the book is the same assessment I take every year on my birthday. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah, I try to steer people from not doing that around the first of the year or the end of the year, but rather, unless your birthday's right there, I guess, but back it up to like when your birthday is, because at the at the end of the year, one of the reasons why, like New Year's resolutions, for example, right about now, or maybe even back even in February, even people are like, oh, I had all those things I wanted to do, and it's like April, and I haven't done any of them. And they're like at the the hide and the shame of New Year's resolutions, or they've just given up on them. And I love to meet people in those moments, too, to bring them back to that theory that, you know, we can't change 50 things about you at once. I guess we could, but let's not. Let's maybe work on like one thing at a time and do those small incremental changes. As you probably know, working in the wellness industry, like those small changes that compound really foster bigger changes that have bigger ripple effects and maybe all areas of your life. And trying to encourage people 
you know, like they'll start intermittent fasting and they also want to change their complete diet at the same time and start a new exercise. We're like, no, <laughs> choose one thing at a time. You're just going to do the fasting. And then later you can eat because you crash and burn when you try to change too many things at once. Oh, yeah. And at Best Ever Year, we I help people lose weight, change their lifestyles and things like that. I've helped numerous people lose, lose over 100 pounds and release that weight. And so I get you guys. I love what you do. One of the things I do when I meet people in that moment is to not take anything away from them. We're just talking about, you know, health and diet and things like that. People are always afraid of what are you going to take from me? I'm not going to take away your pizza. I'm not going to take away your McDonald's or whatever it is yet, but rather I'm going to add to what you're doing. And I'm going to say, you know, let's add, you know, a whole lot of water and a whole lot of vegetables or something like that. We'll add things and hold that change for a month and then add another one and hold it for another month and add it. So like by the end of the 90 days, you've got three major changes and you really haven't taken the blankie away from the little kiddo inside of us all. <laughs> yeah, we're big advocates for weeding out. Oh like yeah. Adding good stuff. Crowding so that, out. It crowds crowding out, out the other yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I love that you said your birthday because I when you said that I have done this forever and I didn't realize that's what I was doing. But then you said it and it kind of clicked. I was like, I do that. I like on my birthday, I was like, okay, this is what I accomplished in the last year. Where would I like to be next year on my birthday? Do I want to spend another year wishing I would have done this? Or is this the year I want to tackle that, you know, and I think birthdays are a great time of reflection. For me, for some reason, my decade birthdays are like big. Oh, yeah. When I turned 30, I was like, okay, I did this through my 20s. And do I want to get to 40 and be like, I spent another decade not liking this or being unhappy with this? Like, and so for some reason, I'm, I've got 50 coming up in a year and a half. <laughs> so I'm already like, okay, when I get to 50, do I want to look back and say, why did I spend 10 years doing that? Or do I want to start chipping away at some of that right now? Yeah, I think birthdays are a great time of reflection. I really do too. And I, I love it on your birthday when people write down some goals that they have for the next year. Or I love what you said, where you're, you know, you're like, what did I do this past year exactly? I saw somebody somewhere on the internet for each for their age, they wrote down like, let's say 50, you'd write down 50 things you've achieved so far. Okay, that's kind of fun. That might be a big list as, as we get a little older. But it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Or 50 things looking forward, or maybe even, you know, that's a lot, though. Talk about a new book to write. I usually say, you know, do three or five things looking forward that you are thinking about doing. And I love it when people share their dreams and goals with other people, because then people can show up for you to support you. Absolutely. That is huge, being able to talk to a community and have a support system, whether it's small or a large, whatever, just having people around that you can talk to and be authentic with and share the good, the bad, all of it. Yeah, and that's probably toward the end of the book, actually, with the 10 points of change, with the mentoring and impact portions of the of the 10 points of change, where you turn around and you really have the ability to change the trajectory of another person's life. It's one of the reasons why I love the stories in the book and so forth and the contributors. I won't give it all away, but there's some really important contributors who share how they mentor and impact other people in the book. I'm really curious, part two of the book is align your truths. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. That means just really be authentic. Don't lie to yourself. 
we do lie to ourselves and we lie to other people and you know not in a malicious way or anything like that it could be in the kindest way possible but it's a moment where you really grow discover and you know really learn about who you are as a human being and what you're passionate about and standing in your own truths with confidence it's about blocking out naysayers it's a you know all those things that make you feel like you aren't you mm-hmm. you know it's almost like a standard issue bubble wrap or something that we need to give people so that they feel like they can be authentically themselves versus so many people who are trying especially in this the social media age you know trying to be like the instagram person with the likes and the oh, yeah <laughs> I had a little identity crisis at 30, and I realized that I was living a life that other people wanted for me and not my life. I wasn't living in a way that I felt was my authentic self. And I adopted a motto then, and I still, it's still my life motto now, and it's be as you are. Yeah. Like, just show up every day as you are, not as people think you should be or who you think you should be, but just like who you really are. And I mean, that that's it. That's aligning your truth right there. It's Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's best ever you. That's exactly what best ever you is. It's totally aligning your truths to what you believe in, what you want to be. And, you know, you are ever I've I've been saying this since I was a probably 15 years old, you're the CEO of your own life. You're the chief compliance officer. You're the social media director. You're the chief executive creator of whatever, you know, all those chief words, you are it. Chief operating officer, creative officer, everything about your life is you. You know, if it feels like a three ring circus, remember you're the ringmaster. It's you. And so it's tricky though, because I like, I think about like, even when I did started best ever you, my whole family was like, this was 15 years ago. They're like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> you're, you're an executive in the financial services You had a really industry. good job. What yeah. happened? Yeah. In fact, I had one guy call me. So I registered the domain Best Ever You. And quickly, people who wanted domains with the word best in them were bugging me. And I'm like, okay, this is competitive. I had no idea this was going to happen. And this guy who's like, called me, he's like, I own every best domain ever. You need to give that up. And I'm like, mm, no, in fact, you're going to make me register it now for about 35 years. So no. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and That's so weird that he would oh, yeah. do that. Yeah. He's like, you're never going to succeed. You're terrible. He was not the best ever. No, just he say. was the meanest ever. <laughs> anyway, and if you pay attention to people like that and you don't have a thick enough skin for it, you know, it'll, it can crush you. Anyway, he said to me, you're just nothing but a 40-something washed-up soccer mom. And I'm like, dude, my kids play baseball. (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. And I just completely hung up and was like, wow, people are really interesting. Interesting. They are so interesting. But, you know, think about just that's me. Think about kids. Think about kids with baseball dreams or football dreams or soccer dreams or or dreams to be an actress or an actor. Or Think about all the dreams we have as kids, young adults. Even now, think of all the dreams you guys have. Think of if somebody was around you going, you can't do that. Why you? You suck. No, you'll never do that. You know, think of all the things that people say, actually, 
to other people as they're trying to achieve things. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to help people learn to tune out Mm -hmm. and surround yourself with love, surround yourself with the right people, because people do that, especially people who have failed at it or perceive themselves as having failed at it when in reality they're pretty cool, but they just don't think they hit the big time with whatever they were trying to do. And that could be your coach. And you're like, oh, man, I'm sorry you didn't make it into the MLB, but I'm going to. And they go, no, no, you'll never do that. You know, those types of people. And they're everywhere. Yeah. That's part of why people don't show up authentically is because there's dream killers everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And they just gave their power to somebody else. Yeah, totally. So I help people root in their power. I help people root in gratitude. I help people reconnect because sometimes we drift, especially, you know, you guys know people people drift from themselves for whatever reason. And what I mean by that is if you're a person who's got like 40 pounds on you, you extra pounds on you, you've drifted from perhaps who your authentic you is for whatever reason it is. And we kind of pull back on the drift to bring you and reconnect you back to your authentic truth. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, if your truth is you value well-being and you're 40 pounds overweight or whatever the great term for it is these days, I don't know, I just, um, I'm older, so I'll say overweight, you know, getting that person to kind of reconnect and close the gap on the drift is important to root them back into their authentic you that values health. Right. And I think sometimes people that's still their value, but again, they have felt like they failed or they don't deserve it, or it's not in the cards for them, or so they just like laid it down. Like, well, that's not for me. I'm going to lay it down. Or the advice they got was really bad. Right. Which is, you know, when I'm thinking about weight loss, you know, so much of the weight loss advice out there is not good. And again, we're sifting through incredible amounts of information to get what we need to help us. And there's there's so much information out there right now. So I think it's important to put those filtration systems on. You know, if somebody says to you, like I call it a personal filtration system in the book, if somebody says to you, you know, Sherry and Jen, you really should, fill in the blank, ears should be like, ah! (laughs) Oh, people tell me all the time, you really need to ramp up your Instagram. And I'm like, "Mm, I really don't want to. Do I? Do I though? Uh, I don't want to be a a social media influencer. I just want to be me and I want to put out my podcast and if people want to listen to it, I would love them to listen to it, but I'm not going to try to catch your views and I'm, you know, I'm just not going to do that. That's not me. Exactly. I went to a session in October at the conference I was at about, you know, I knew I needed to up my Instagram. So I went to it and I left thinking, yeah, I'm not upping my Instagram (laughs) and I am not, you know, criticizing anyone who does and who uses it as a tool. It doesn't feel authentic to me. It doesn't feel real or part of, you said, you know, align your truths. It doesn't feel like my truth. So if you look at my Instagram, it's like, here's the beach. Here's my cat. (laughs) Here's my Christmas tree. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's okay. Imagine this for a minute. You know, imagine you did put all your marbles in Instagram and it turns out to be MySpace in a few years. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I I always caution people when they're using social media to understand that, like, even with Facebook... Are your kids on Facebook? Our kids not are anymore. Under, thank they you. Left. They're gone. I They're actually gone. Love Facebook. I'm not there anymore. Yeah, I'm on there just because it's okay for me to be on there because I'm older. But my kids are like, no, I am not on Facebook. If you think about social media changing, 
and you've put all this energy into that, just from a business standpoint, it's not exactly probably the wisest thing unless you're going to, you know, take the moment, do your Instagram, do everything Instagram, be an Instagram star or whatever it is. Right. And go for it at that approach. But if your goal is to have a business and have it supported in social media in different ways, you can do that and be authentically you. You don't need filters. You don't need, you know, whatever it is that people are doing on there. And you use the word that kept coming to mind is energy. And I have to, I like protect my energy. I'm a busy person. I have a full-time job. I do this. I do, you know, a couple other things too. And so it's like, I have to decide where do I want to spend my energy? And I don't want to spend my energy on something that's not who I am. Right. Yeah. And I think with energy, one of the things that I always say is energy is a time management thing. I don't usually use the word thing, but it's, it's all time management. Our lives are time management. And if you really understand, especially if you're a person like me who has nearly lost their life a few times, you really understand the importance of like every nanosecond. Right. Every single one of them, I, I swear. And so you start to think about, well, how am I spending my time? What am I doing with my life? Because the one thing I promise you that you can't get back is time. And we're right. not entitled to it. You are not entitled to time. And so if you think about it like that, and I don't mean to be all like, oh, you're not, but you truly aren't entitled to time. You're not. And so when you think about that, it's a good reconnector to your heart, your truths and energy to kind of align with what's truly most important to you. And the pandemic is an example of, there's nothing like a pandemic to really get you thinking about your time. Oh, yeah. And how you're spending it and what you're doing. Are you commuting six hours a day? Are you in an office you don't want to be in? Do you hate your boss? Do you, you know, all those things are change. And we're at this moment right here where people are facing all of these things that they realized and they're wanting to change and they don't know how. And that's why I think this book is cool because it meets you right there and helps you kind of go forward no matter what it is. Well, tell our listeners, how can they find your book and how can they connect with you? The book's everywhere where books are sold. It's on, I think my favorite place is probably Amazon, second, Barnes and Noble. But you know, the thing that I got to do that I love doing, and I had no idea I loved doing this, was I got to record my own audiobook. I had to audition to record my own audiobook, and they picked me, which was kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, glad you loved it. I, I, it was hard. It's hard. People don't know how hard it is. I've recorded all three of my audiobooks and whoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like <laughs> running a little marathon with your vocal cords that you aren't used to and um, drinking a lot of tea and, and honey. But I audiobooks, the audible thing is so cool. So you, know, you can find it on Audible and audiobooks and Tantor Media recorded my audiobook for me. And then I'm just, I'm everywhere. You can email me, Elizabeth at Best Ever You, or I hang out on Twitter a lot. I'm at Best Ever You on Twitter. I do not hang out on Instagram a lot. I'll post, but I'm not really hanging out there. That's me. Um, yeah, I'll post, but eh, yeah. I do hang out on LinkedIn, though. I'm more businessy. I'm more leadership, success, financial services. We own Compliance for, so there's a real serious aspect to what we do for a living. And so I do hang out on LinkedIn a lot, and I do really genuinely love people. I'm fascinated by people and I love to help people be their best. And I hope people take the book and give it a big hug and 
Maybe give me a hug in the process because it isn't easy. (laughs) It's not. Well, the book is called The Change Guidebook. And thank you so much for being here today with us, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the new Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. Not only can you interact with Jen and me in a private online community if you choose, you can also connect with other listeners and community members as well. Or you never have to connect. If that isn't your thing, you can simply subscribe and help support the podcast and you don't have to use the social community. In the community, I'll be hosting some monthly Zoom hangouts where we can connect and talk about whatever life's throwing at us that month or whatever subject you guys want to talk about, we can chat. I have some fun giveaways planned where you can receive books or products that we discuss on the podcast. So if you'd like to check it out, you can join us in this new VIP community by simply visiting lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. There you can choose your monthly membership contribution of either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. You can change to a different tier at the end of any month simply by managing your subscription right within the platform. Choose the option that feels like the right value to you. Through the support of those who sign up, we can continue to bring you weekly Life Lessons episodes. And I know that the podcast brings value to my life, and I hope it brings value to yours as well. And here's an update. We are now up to almost three episodes a month funded by the VIP community. Yay. We're not quite there. It's so helpful. It really, really is to not have to worry about funding the episodes. But yeah, we're almost at three. So very, very close. All right. So next we have a segment we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Debbie. Debbie says, I have two rules I live by. I stopped lending people money 25 plus years ago. I learned the hard way that expecting people to pay it back was not worth the frustration. New rule. If I had what they needed, I would just give them the money. If I didn't have it, then that was it. I have a hard time saying no, but this I could stick to without issues. I stopped letting their perception of how much money I had be the guide as to whether I would lend money or not. And number two, I do what I can live with, period. This has helped me in so many situations. Again, I stopped letting others determine how I should act or feel in a given situation. In most any situation, I ask myself, can I live with myself if I do or don't do fill in the blank? It's been very helpful in making decisions based on what I needed, regardless of how the person tried to guilt me otherwise. Thank you for a great podcast, ladies, and all you do to make it happen. Thank you, Debbie. Those are great tips. So at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Christy in Kansas. It's life is for living. Open the windows, dance in the kitchen as you cook, play that music loud, turn off the news, check in with someone you love, get some fresh air, watch the beautiful show nature is putting on for us right now. Leave the negative online discussions behind. Unfollow the chaos. Feel alive again. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Christy. I loved that. I love that. That really is about living in the moment, making every second count. And getting rid of the negative. 
All right. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to join us in the new Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to be a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 a month. Your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'd also love for you to leave a review so that we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Please email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. And really, if you're thinking, oh, should I or shouldn't I? You should. Go ahead and email us. We need your good news segments. We need your listener-led lessons. We need your motivational quotes. So please email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. And we thank you very much. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.